Welcome back to Football Night in the USA. Before we hand it off to Chris and Al for kickoff, let's go around and get everyone's Papa John key ingredient for the game. Let's start with you, Tony. Just two words, Mike. The newest $100 million man. The next face of the franchise. Connie's favorite son, number 90, TJ Blitzen. Watt. It's going to be a faith-changing night for the quarterback. Steve? I talked to John Gruden today. He made his team watch The Empire Strikes Back last night. He says, do or do not. There is no try. Looks like the Raiders are hunting womp rats tonight. Drew? Ten minutes ago, Ben Roethlisberger told me he's feeling as youthful as my hairline. This team lives and dies by his arm tonight. And I'm choosing life. Chris? Our major football focus ratings only gave the Raiders a 45.5% chance to win on the road. But when I asked David Carr, he said he was rounding up to 46. Maria? After 35 years in the South End parking booth, Eugene Dabrowski has retired from the Heinz Field staff. For the first time, he's watching the game from inside the stadium. And he's already two irons in. So stay upwind, if you know what I mean. Mike. Forget all the stats, forget all the rankings, forget all the projections. Tonight's going to come down to one thing, points. And I can almost guarantee whoever has the most points tonight will win this. Carl. The Steelers may have an extra man on the field for the entire game. I'm hearing EKG meters are off the charts tonight. In fact, we can now confirm there are indeed angels in the backfield. Some breaking news. We've got a last-minute scratch on the Steelers' side. It looks like the pierogi house in Section 119 is out of Bloomfields. This should take the home crowd completely out of the game. Michelle? My sources tell me the mad titan Thanos has the power to wipe out half the population with the snap of a finger. Look for these two teams to start out hot and disappear in the second half. Oh, and it looks like we've got a final. We almost made it to Chris and Al this week. Join us next week when our guest analysts include BTS and the Spartans from 300. Thanks for watching. This is Football Night in the USA. Joy! I'm not going to worry about your level of concern. Joy and double joy! We talking about Twitter. Triple joy! Think of how stupid the average person is, and then realize half of them are stupider than that. What a rush! It's what Jin's talking about. The conversation about the Steelers conversation. Here we are heading into week two with one of the greatest Steeler performances ever and definitely ever in a week one. I'm your host, Kyle Kreis here with me on Zoom, coming at you straight from the 412. It's Greg Benevent. Hello. I am glad once again to be the hawk to Kyle's animal. And the reason we're doing this over Zoom today is because you are at Heinz Field. Are you at are you tailgating as we speak already on a uh, Friday? I, I am not, uh, only because I don't have the tolerance to last more than like an hour and a half of drinking a light beer before the game. Uh, I will arrive at some point on Sunday, and uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm one of those people, I, I, I don't drink uh, to tailgate. I pace around nervously and then go into the game and yell. 
<laughs> do you already have the jersey number picked out for the Raiders yes, game? Yes, I do. I am I am going to wear uh the 43 Polamalu in honor of him uh going into the Hall of Fame. It um yeah, it just seemed like the most appropriate choice and I have definitely thought about it for far far longer than a man in his late 30s should. That's the correct choice. Paul Amalu is always a winning jersey. Now, on social media this week, you know, a week one win, one of the greatest Mike Tomlin wins. Mm-hmm. But, Certainly. you know, this it was a tale of two Twitters this week. <laughs> you know, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the, I don't know, that's, all, that's as far as I got into the book. But... <laughs> <laughs> you know, it didn't take long at all into mm. week one for the haters on Twitter to come out. You know, we Steelers Twitter is toxic. We knew that. But I didn't think it would be, you know, this this early in the game. I think it was on the very first drive of the game. Let's get to the tweet. Sure. This, this <clears throat> is from at Brioni Boy number 12. Uh, his name is DeJasper Probacrew the Third. I think that's a, mm. uh, I'm going to say it's a stage name. He says. Yeah, I think it's from a Tennessee women's play. Mm-hmm. Third and fourth shotgun, four wide, a two-yard route, Roethlisberger wild high, first down and out for the new offense. Looks alarmingly like Feeknerberger ball. The first mm. Feekner reference of the, of the season comes on the first drive on the first failed third down. And, and that wasn't the last Feekner reference. Here, here's the tweet from mm-hmm. Blitzberg mm-hmm. at Blitz Videos, who I think is the uh, the Proud Boy wing of of Steeler Twitter. Uh, <laughs> the ghost of Randy Feekner is still lingering in Pittsburgh. Here's Steel City eighty at Brandino eighty. Literally just more of the same. Screens, short passes, no play action. Runs up the middle. What what's what's happening, Greg? Is 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 Feekner ball back in Pittsburgh? Uh, I, uh, my first thought was when I saw the, the, the first tweet about someone, you know, uh, complaining about the very first series where they go three and out, which while distressing, I mean, you know, OK, they ran a two yard route and it didn't work out. If they brought, you know, if they had Claypool run a 30 yard route and Roethlisberger misses him then, does that still mean that it's Feigner ball? No, I think it just means that <laughs> they couldn't complete a deep pass on the first play of the game. I, I go back to each of these tweets is just very much, you know, uh, uh, the, the same as a child that's like afraid of the stove. They, they touch their hand to this hot water on the stove once and then they're afraid of macaroni for the rest of their lives. Like we all remember how this Feekner ball went. And as soon as the team went three and out or even had a rough first quarter, which again, when it's starting how a, a literally an uncountable number of rookies, uh, th- th- this is just anxiety letting itself out in its typical toxic Twitter form. There's still rookies, I think, on the field. I think they're signing up now. Anyone who comes to Heinz Field without any previous NFL experience, you can get in the game uh, this Sunday. It's not just the local fans uh, harping mm. on the offense. Here's This is uh, Marcus Spears from ESPN mm. at MS Spears 96. The Steelers' offense looks the same. Well, you mean the mm. same one that wins uh, 12 games a season, Marcus? Uh <laughs> How was that one that had that big second half comeback against the Colts, which we all somehow forget happened? 
Oh, you mean week 16 last year? That 10-point comeback from the Colts? Uh, what about the the Browns comeback? I know we lost the Browns game, but that was a 10-point comeback. Hey, we'll get into these fourth-quarter comebacks in a minute. Here's my take on the offense. You know, th- this isn't just – this isn't something new. This isn't Fiekner ball. This is what the Steelers' offense is, okay? Ben's yards per attempt isn't going anywhere. We're not going to suddenly start throwing, you know <laughs> – 20 20 yard lightning rails every game this is what we do now it's quick screens to get the playmakers the ball it's going to be uh chase claypool jump balls it's going to be uh defensive pass interference that's going to be the yardage hey i'm not one to make predictions but put this on a put this on a post-it we will have more yards in defensive pass interference than uh, Najee Harris will have receiving yards. Put that on a post-it. Mm, wow. That you should put your own little hot take uh, uh sound effect to that. I would just uh, I would just add to what you thank you. I would just <laughs> add to what you said. Imagine if the opposite had happened. The Steelers had come out and scored touchdowns on their first three or four possessions. Everything you would have read on Twitter would have been, well, they can't keep doing this. They can't count on this happening. This is going to be the Tennessee game again. Like that, whatever you're going to see is always going to be the big negative bad take of what's going on. So I'll I'll sit through a terrible first half if we have a second half like that. Let's get to the let's get to the Ben disrespect. Okay, because you know <laughs> that was that was an endless topic. Oh, you know, if it wasn't, you know, the offense and Feekner ball, it was Big Ben. Here's the here's the here's the tweet from Random Donk. Just a random donk. This is going to be a brutal year if our quarterback can't throw downfield for more than seven yards. This is what we expect, okay? Ben is what we thought he is. You are going to get these short pass yards per attempt, less than five. Might be, might be. This is the Ben we know he is. If you're looking for something else out there, you're playing Madden. All right, here's here's the tweet. This is from... uh, Carter critiques at DK Sports. Oh, I like Chris. I like Chris. Okay, yeah. oh, okay, okay. Well, you're gonna well, like I mean, this. I don't know him personally. Maybe he's a moron. I don't know. What, what do you got? Hey, Absolutely man. no excuse for Roethlisberger. This is after he missed <gasps> Najee Harris on the short pass. Oh, okay. You know okay. that's not on the offensive line or anybody else. You know that I, wasn't the greatest play. I mean, <laughs> well, hey, you can't have come ten fourth quarter comebacks if you're not down in the second half. <laughs> I mean, I I was frustrated by that exact same play, but I I did have to keep telling myself, hey, these guys are doing this for the first time in either A, a long time, or B, for the first time ever in an actual game. So perhaps uh, I shouldn't let it bother me quite so much. 65% completion percentage means three and a half passes per 10 are going to not be completed. All right, Steeler Nation. (laughs) So, you know. For every super pass that Chase Claypool catches, you're going to get one that overthrows your running back in the flat. Okay? You know you know, it's a good game when we come on this podcast and we're just berating the fans. That's the sign <laughs> of a good Steeler win. Well, here's, uh, this, here's the tweet from N. Casso, 1989, Nick Casso. Okay. Uh, ben okay. Roethlisberger leads the league in limping after a play. <laughs> I, I think that's true. I think there no lies detected. <laughs> I also think that this man has discovered that Ben Roethlisberger is 39 years old. 
Yeah, 39 years old and still winning games in the fourth quarter. All right. Did you did you hear that, Chris Carter? Uh, do we do we have to go there? Can you believe Chris Carter, a Hall of Famer? This guy wears the yellow jacket and he's out there slandering my quarterback. I've been covering Ben his whole career. Yeah. And Ben mm. makes excuses. Ben complains. What? And then Ben brings that attention to himself. What? So he's going to be complaining <laughs> about the offensive coordinator. What? Ben ain't the sharpest quarterback we ever had played what? in the NFL. For real. I've been covering. What? Did you hear the end there? Ben ain't the sharpest quarterback in the league. For real. What? Well, say that again, Stone Cold. What? Ben, not the wow. sharpest quarterback. What? He's talking about Ben Roethlisberger. It's my hmm. quarterback. What is hmm. what is up with Chris Carter this morning? Uh, I mean, I, I, that's a question you could ask me at any point in the last 18 years, and I wouldn't have had a great answer for you. I mean, it, it, it seems like, you know, Chris Carter woke up this morning and, you know, was in desperate need of attention, uh, with which we are providing uh, plenty from our own podcast here. It, it's almost like it's weird because uh, Chris Carter makes multiple complaints and, and they don't seem to add up. Like Tell me, makes Th- excuses. He complains. He complains about the offensive quarter, and then we take this bizarre turn into, well, he's not that bright. And, and those things don't seem to add up. It's almost like he got his criticisms jumbled. It, uh, I don't know. I, 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 for all the times that I've seen Ben get sacked and get absolutely destroyed behind an offensive line that was not very good, I can't remember one time he even vaguely blamed those people. Can you? Rem- I, mean, I can't remember. Slightest. I can't remember the last Big Ben excuse. You know, maybe it was when he threw that pick in the end zone that AB was supposed to, you know, do a mm-hmm. do a post, and instead he did a slant. That you know, and that was even just a a very little bit of criticism. I think he was explaining the play, and then everyone said, "Oh, Ben's throwing AB under the bus." But Ben makes excuses. I can't tell you the last time Ben made an excuse. Ben complained. I mean, no, I was just going to say the closest I could think of, it, and, and it's, but it's not, it's like adjacent to these complaints by Chris Carter. It doesn't actually make sense. Is, you know, Ben's comments after the first loss to uh, the Jacksonville team when he threw, what is it, two or three picks, even remember, to uh, uh, Jalen Ramsey. And he said that line, well, maybe I just don't have it anymore. Like, that's not an excuse. That's a sarcastic snide aside and something that, frankly, I, I don't mind him saying. That seems like that's something that's better than criticism. But, um, yeah, I got nothing for the uh, uh, the Chris Carter thing. It's just like, you know, he spun the wheel of hot takery and it happened to land on Ben again after a deeply impressive win. He's going to be complaining about that offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. Did he complain about B.A., his best bud? I don't remember. Did did he complain about Todd Haley, Mr. Son of Pittsburgh himself? Did he? I mean, we we always hear they had a a tough relationship together. But I mean, that's that's what I assume. That's how a lot of relationships would go between highly competitive people and the most competitive industry that are both very emotional and passionate, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it. Again, it seems like there's, you know, it's just like, ah, I don't like that guy. I'll make up a lot of words to justify it. But it's not just it's not just Chris Carter clown mm. clowning Chris Carter. Uh, <laughs> you know, here, The Athletic, they they came uh, out with their list of the top 100 players of all time, all time. Okay. It did not okay. include Ben, but it included oh. Elway, Favre, Drew Brees and Steve Young. Now, mm. look, I might be I might be, the, you know, the Steeler Homer here. But is Ben not in the conversation with people like Elway, Favre, Steve Young, Drew Brees? 
I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I can cert, I can hear an argument for you know having each of those players above Ben, but I, I can hear that on an individual level. Collectively, it feels a little more difficult to me to say they're all that much better. If you want to say this one guy is maybe this one guy is, but all of them uh, together, that 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 feels like again, you know, the Athletic made a top hundred players list of all time simply so people like you and I could yell about it uh, at each other. Well, and it's not just the all-time. NFL.com came out with a top 15 QB right now. And it Uh didn't even – and Ben's not in the 15, but it included uh, Aaron, uh, you know, give up on the game Rodgers. It included (laughs) Matty – uh, melted ice Ryan it included okay, now that's a mistake it no. included Derek uh we, we saw you for who you are car <laughs> it included cousins uh, we're not even talking about the Michigan State cousins we're talking about the professional <laughs> Minnesota Viking Kurt cousins uh but even yeah, even as even as bad as a game that Ben had in that first half uh <laughs> when, when you come back in the fourth like that, you have to be in this conversation. Am I am I wrong? Am I a homer? No, no, no. You're 100% right on this thing. And there's a very easy way to see that you're right. Look at any moment in that Steeler game and think, when would you have rather had Kirk Cousins? Yeah. When would you have rather had Matt Ryan? I mean, it, 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 at what moment would you have traded Ben for either of those guys? In any moment. To, an- to ask that question is to realize how asinine this list was. When I need someone to valet my car, that's what I'm like, uh... <laughs> Is Kurt here? Is Kurt? Oh, man. Here's the bottom line. Big Ben with his 36th career fourth quarter comeback. All right. That's That's third all time. That's behind Peyton and Brady only. Brady has played Mm -hmm. more seasons than Ben. Ben does it Mm -hmm. every year. We had four fourth quarter comebacks last year. We've already got already one for one this year. (laughs) Oh, Chris Carter thinks that. Ben isn't the sharpest QB we've ever seen. Please, Ben above the neck is why we win. Ben, I'll take Ben above the neck, above any of these quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers, please, give me Ben above the neck over Aaron Rodgers. Give me Ben above the neck over any of them, any of them. That's, you know, that's my my quarterback. quarterback. Uh, it's, It's not a direct comparison, but I would certainly take Ben above the neck over Chris Carter. Yeah, Chris Carter above the neck. Look, I'm not even. I'm not going to say it. I'm just going to say, Chris Carter above the neck. That's the tweet. Okay. We we you know we got to get to uh, a commercial break in this second half. We've got a lot of people who have have uh, jumped onto the Steelers bandwagon. A lot of people have you know repented from their Steelers sins. So there's lots to get to. All right, let's uh, let's go pay some bills. All right, and we are back. What Jin's talking about? Here's the steel stat. The last time the Steelers scored 17 points in the fourth quarter, December 17, I'm sorry, December 2017 versus Baltimore. And the last time they did it on the road, December 2014 against Cincinnati. 
The amount of times they've done it in franchise history, only 17 times in franchise history. What we witnessed this weekend was rarefied air. Let's go to uh, let's go to the the post game. We saw a lot of people jump uh, on the Steelers bandwagon. A lot of converted. Always space. A lot of repents. A lot of converted. Let's go to straight to the tweets. All right, this is from Burzy Baby. Mm. Funny how they were talking about how great the Steelers are today when just before one p.m. Sunday we weren't squat. That <laughs> that was the story. Of the Steelers on Sunday, uh, mm-hmm. before before two thirty Eastern on Sunday, no one had the Steelers to win anything. But then come two thirty five or two, th- th- I don't know what time the final was. I was on the it's, West Coast. It's different each time zone, yeah. Oh yeah. As soon as that bell whistled, uh, bell whistled on the final. I can't even talk or say anything today. As soon as the <laughs> the score, as soon as the clock hit zeros, it was Steeler Nation bandwagon. Here's the tweet from. Real Skip Bayless. Uh-oh. The Steelers just upset Buffalo at Buffalo. Ben was Brady-esque. I mean, look, I'm on the Ben bandwagon, but Brady-esque? That seems a bit uh, beyond the pale. Uh, but what I will always love about Skip Bayless and kind of respect is that the man is a pure chaos agent. Whatever is going to troll uh, uh, the national you know, audience harder, that's what the man will do. If it's anti-Steelers, maybe he'll go with it. But he's realized that now to say the Steelers are great, particularly throughout this offseason, is what's going to make people more incensed throughout the, uh, the country. So he's been saying that. And I'm frankly, at this moment, I'm grateful for it. I think that, yeah, maybe. Is that a drag on Brady? If he's saying Ben is Brady-esque <laughs> after that first half performance, I might be. I don't know. I, I don't know. I think it's just supposed to make someone angry that watches the regular ESPN viewer. I, I think that's the idea. This is from the Pony Express, Andrew Uh-oh. Filipponi, uh, the, one of the only people I mute on Twitter, but... <laughs> The tweet is good decision. The tweet is I think the Steelers will make the playoffs defensively. They have a unit that has the best chance of slowing down Patrick Mahomes. Meanwhile, a day earlier, he predicted an eight and nine season. I kept the receipts, (laughs) Filipponi. I must say, I I I I I gotta I gotta give these people a little bit of credit. Uh, it would have been very easy for them to double down and gotten even more social media attention if they said something like, "Yeah, well, they only won because you know they blocked the punt and they missed the wide open receiver. They're still gonna go eight and nine. This is why you always have to leave just a little bit of space on the bandwagon so that the haters who do become converted can maintain even just a little bit of their dignity." Here's one from this is at Adam Crowley. The Steelers defense has played like a Super Bowl unit today. Are we ready for Super Bowl predictions week one? (laughs) They hold just as much water as the eight and nine predictions from uh, minutes before uh, week one. I mean, to to look at that tweet in isolation and to say it did play like a Super Bowl unit today, I think that's mostly correct as long as but to me, the key word isn't Super Bowl. It's today. Well, you know, they played like a Super Bowl team in so much as they won the game. That's the goal. <laughs> you know? Imagine that. I mean, you know, we, we talk about ugly wins, but no one ever says, oh, you know, that ugly Super Bowl win. Maybe for uh, Super Bowl forty, I still hear some Seahawks fans <laughs> complaining about that. But uh, <laughs> bottom line is, you know, you don't get a dirty Lombardi for an ugly win. Mm-hmm. They're all polished mm-hmm. and sticky and shiny. Mm-hmm. Let's get to here's the, the fingerprints. Here's this is the tweet from at Adam Shine. 
absolutely okay. fantastic win by the Steelers in Buffalo. Never in a million years did I see that happening. Never in a million a million years could yeah. he see a six and a half point underdog win on the road. <laughs> Never in a million years. How many how many years do you have to keep watching to see something like that? I think it's not necessarily that it was in a million years this guy couldn't put it together. I think it was in a million days of the offseason. What <laughs> happens is everyone has to analyze stuff every day of the offseason when there's nothing happening. And it builds up this kind of weird mental and later emotional bias where everything has to play out exactly as how you saw it last season. So that's how this shine guy, who's probably a pretty bright guy and has probably watched a fair amount of football, somehow talks himself into the fact that in no way in infinite lifetimes across any number any part of the multiverse could a six and a half point underdog win on the road well he's not the only one here look at everyone who predicted the bills it was all (laughs) all of of nfl game day it was Mm -hmm. all of nfl countdown it was all of nfl.com it was all of the ppg pittsburgh post-gazette why are we having people do predictions if everyone's just gonna pick the same thing how can everybody get it wrong well i i I think it's because you know when people are making predictions rarely do you get hated on a lot for picking the favorite to win when they don't i think you take a little bit less abuse for that than if you pick the underdog and then they lose badly because then it's like you weren't with the herd and thus they uh, make fun of you before and after. I think a lot of that's just kind of protecting a brand, but uh, but that's why I'm so grateful for something like this where we can hate on these people uh, for going with the easy choice at the time. I'm keeping score this season, okay? If you get the, you if you get the predictions wrong, you shouldn't get a right to come back on the air and. <laughs> Believe me, I'm going to do everything in my power. I'm no. keeping score. That's just saying. Here's here's the bottom line, and it's the Here tweet. The it's the tweet from at Stat Guys Daniel. That might have mm. been Mike Tomlin's biggest statement game since the 2018 win against the Patriots. Remind me what mm. happened. What happened in 2018 against the Patriots? It was a big, big win. I remember that. It was we watched the game together, as I remember correctly. Certainly, the end of it. It, um, yeah, it was when I think that's the. I, I believe you know it's it's hard not to think of it as the Jalen Samuels game. I believe the one where, uh, <laughs> where Belichick dropped everyone back and Samuels had like 120 yards on like eight carries or something. It, um, that was Vince Williams' interception. It was an incredible game. I mean, I can see that be. I can see that argument for that being the biggest statement game, just because for all of the big games that they won in 2019, there was rarely that. Feeling of like, okay, they're going to win this Super Bowl with Doc, even after the big wins against the Browns, the big wins against the Chargers. But yeah, I'll buy that as his biggest statement win in three years. It also shows how many statement wins you have that you can have two in three years. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, the, I, what I remember that game about that game is the defense shutting down Tom Brady. At Absolutely. least, if not, in, if not, I mean, I think they held him to 10 points the entire game and mm-hmm. uh, a key drive at the end. You know, when you're stopping Brady on the two minute drill, I, I mean, that's, the, you know, that's the best you can do. Talk about statement mm-hmm. games. So let's see. We've, we're talking this week against the Bills, 2018 mm-hmm. against the Patriots. What about uh, mm-hmm. what about Duck against the Browns in 2019? That was a good one. 
That was absolutely, that was incredible. I don't know who else could have coached that team to win that. The only thing that I can see that not being a statement is because, you know, there at the time there was kind of this feeling of like, ah, can this team really win the Super Bowl? But you're not thinking that in the moment. These are all statement wins. They were all underdogs, uh, whether by points or by uh, how the media felt about them. These are all incredible wins. Like, I'm thinking, what about Batch versus the Ravens in 2012? Mm-hmm. Uh, what about Den- was, Denny Dixon versus the Titans in 2010? That was that was a great one too. These are again, it shows, and they, and we're probably missing so many statement wins because that shows just how many. When there are so many wins, there are a lot of statements to choose from. Well, I I tried to find all the fourth quarter comebacks from Ben in key games. And I, I had to give up because it was like, I was going to say, yeah, that's going to take all day. 2004. We're down 10 in the fourth to the Cowboys. 2006. Mm-hmm. We're down 10 in the fourth to the Browns. 2007. Mm-hmm. We're down 12 at half at against the Browns. 2008. Mm-hmm. We're down 10 in the fourth against the Cowboys. Deshay with the, with the pick six. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2015. Yes. We're down 17 at half against the Broncos. <laughs> 2017, down 14 at half against the Bengals. Uh, 2018, down 16 in in the third against the Jags. Uh, And then, of course, the Ravens 2020 and the Colts 2020 down 10 at the half. So Mm -hmm. it's just a career of statement games. Let's get to the I think this is the. This uh, sums up a lot of Steelers Nation, but only at Kevin Adams 26 had the guts to put it out there. He says, Mike Tomlin, Hall of Fame resume, Lombardi winner, proven winner. Kevin Adams, five foot eight, midget football experience. I apologize, coach, per usual. Wow. Wow. Someone being man enough to apologize on Twitter. That's incredible. At, that is that's the lesson that all of Steelers Nation be better on Twitter. I want to get to the, the the final word. You know, Derek Carr. Everyone has their media days, okay? But Derek Carr had to go and make it personal. Derek Carr, <laughs> quarterback of the Oakland. No, I'm sorry, not Oakland. The Los Angeles, not the Los Angeles. The no. Las Vegas Raiders said okay. that the immaculate reception ball hit the ground. <gasps> I can't even. I can't even. What? What? What else? Did did Derek Carr say he probably thought Jesse didn't catch it? You know, (laughs) Derek Carr, he probably thought the killer bees were the the pirates of the 80s. He probably, you know, he probably thought that. mm, Tell me, what else is Derek Carr thinking? Well, what I was going to say was that I, I, one, Derek Carr has to say that because Derek Carr is even more farther removed than you and I from being alive to see the Immaculate Reception. And I just keep thinking, what would, imagine if Derek Carr hadn't said that. And he'd have been like, no, 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 absolutely. Franco caught the ball. Look, I've analyzed this film for a long time. I've seen Frenchie Fuqua give his lecture. It was absolutely a touchdown. I'm sorry, everyone in Raiders Nation, but it didn't happen. That would have been way more bizarre. Of course he had to say that. He's seen the same YouTube videos of it that so many other generations have. It, uh, this is something Somebody who, uh, you know, merely is ma- not making the next uh, Los Angeles, Vegas Raiders awkward autograph session less awkward. You know, he went a bridge too far. All right. You can talk about you can talk about X's and O's. You can talk about strategy. But when you go against our gods, that's 
That's a bridge too far, Derek Carr. Okay? The immaculate reception was a catch. Without that, there would be no, there might not be a Steelers today. It might be the, you know, it might be the Salt Lake City Steelers, if not for that immaculate reception. Who knows what 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 weird uh, variant timelines are going. I'm going to have to watch mm-hmm. Marvel's What If to find out what if the immaculate reception <laughs> wasn't caught it's uh it's it's blasphemy Derek Carr you know and and we and we all know what happens when you stamp on the terrible towel but Mm. but now you've you've crossed our you've crossed our gods and legends Derek Carr we'll see you in the fourth quarter I think it holds true. I mean, there's there's a law uh, when you said like, you know, when you disrespect the terrible towel, you see what happens. And I, I remember TJ Hushmanzada never ends up winning anything is mm. out of the league not that much longer later and then makes a living essentially private coaching a bunch of Steelers wide receivers. And um, and I thought of Lendale White. Oh, yeah. Disrespect the towel. And then he was and I don't remember what happened. I, I think I saw him in an audition last time, a commercial audition a few weeks ago. I mean, it, it, you know, whatever happened to that guy? That's what, you know, disrespecting the terrible towel is like the hope diamond of football. Like as soon as you do it, you invite some sort of dark unseen force to uh, wreak havoc upon your life. Yeah. You're going to have to collect the six infinity gems to reverse this curse. Derek Carr. That's it. Okay. I'm excited for week two. I hope you have a great time at the game. Mm -hmm. I'll be watching for your Palomalu jersey. Is it a... Absolutely. uh, I'm sure I'll be the only one there in one, too. Alternate or black? No, I, I'm going with the black. It, it's the home one. It, uh, you know, it's 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 barely warm enough for me to just wear a t-shirt. So I'm going with the black, hoping to catch up some of those sun's rays there. Awesome. We'll be watching, <laughs> and I'll be reading your tweets too, Steelers Nation. So don't think that I'm not keeping the receipts in week two. All right, I am Kyle Christ. You can find me on Twitter at Kyle Christ. Greg, where can we find you on the internet? Uh- uh, you can find me at Greg Benevent at Twitter and Instagram. That's at G-R-E-G, B as in boy, E-N-E, B as in Victor, E-N-T. And always keep keep listening to Behind the Steel Curtains Podcast Network. We've got mm-hmm. a great lineup of shows. I was learning really all about uh, on the on the cutting uh, room floor. I was learning all about our nickel defense and how we were using mm. uh, Trey Trey and how we were using Minka and and you know so Minka was coming up there in the box too. I didn't uh, yes. I didn't realize that until I listened to the the BTSC Podcast Network. Thank you for letting hey. us be a part of it. As always, I'm Kyle Kreiss, trying to play the theme music out, and I'm not gonna worry about your level of concern. We'll see you next week on What Yin's Talking About. Think of how stupid the average person is, and then realize half of them are stupider than that. Quad Rope Boyoid.